Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to So Over 50 podcast on So Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. So Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on So Over 50 podcast. So over 50 intersects with all communities. Today, we've got a special guest. Well, she's actually a really good friend and it's Sue Stoney. Sue Stoney is here because after listening to a few of the podcasts, she found that there is a gap in some of the podcasts that we've been doing around accessibility. So let's get started. Today, we've got Sue Stoney and she's been a regular on So Organized Style podcast and also featured quite often on the So Over 50 account. So I'm really pleased that we could have some time with you today, Sue. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Maria, and thank you for having me. It's always such fun to come on So Organised Style. Yes. Oh, thank you. And I enjoy seeing all of the projects that you work on because you do a lot trying different styles, looking at resources, reusing, recycling, all of that sort of thing, and you always look amazing. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Actually, earlier today I was in a tablecloth top, but I had to take it off because it's hot in Perth today. It got to 29. It's hot. I'm in a almost nothing top. Oh, my God. All right. This is audio only, Sue. Yeah, well, that's lucky. But no, no, I am decent. Those poor listeners who've got horrible visions in their heads. No. Our topic today has got to do with accessibility and you did a lot of research on this. So I'll hand it over to you, Sue. Thanks, Maria. I suppose I started this whole journey thinking about technology and accessibility because I put up an Instagram post where I told my followers to zoom in on an image to see something I was talking about. And a follower uh, told me that her device would not zoom. And I thought, oh, it's amazing, isn't it, how we just assume that everyone has the same level of devices, has the same level of connectivity. And it really got me thinking about the fact that we sit here in like our technology bubble And we're not thinking about people who are in countries or places like rural Australia, perhaps, or rural America, wherever, where they don't have the same level of connectivity. So that was the first thing that I thought about, that I also write blog posts that are quite media rich, and they may be inaccessible. And really, all I'm trying to do is highlight that fact to maybe some of your listeners, because we don't want our readers to feel frustrated or feel inadequate because their bandwidth won't accommodate our videos. And I I think about this now with all these reels that Instagram is littered with, and I've refused to embrace reels for this reason, because I know I have followers who don't have the bandwidth. Okay. That was where I started the journey, thinking about this. Then I moved on to thinking about when we download a pattern, the designers may not have thought about the physical attributes of the people using their patterns. 
we think about these as the things that can be seen, like I've got a neighbour with polio in both her legs, childhood polio, and she can't use a foot pedal on her machine. And I suggested she buy the Benina 560 because it has a press button. Benina weren't very nice to her, so she bought the brother. But there, which is another whole thing. But really, what I'm trying to say is we assume that everyone has the use of all their limbs and they may not. And there are sewing machines that will accommodate people who can't use one or both of their feet on a foot pedal. So we're not all homogenous and we're not all uniform. So I thought I'd talk about. Something like colour. I just recently in the IPDS challenge, you know, the independent pattern designer challenge, I won 31 patterns, which is quite a lot of patterns. But it's been really interesting. that I haven't got them all yet. But as they're coming in, I'm observing things and thinking about, you know, people who might be buying these patterns. And it's really heartening to see when they use redundant cues. So your pattern is ready to be printed and you can pick your size by dots or dashes or a combination of dots and dashes. But they might also use colour, which helps you pick your size. I'm not keen on printing in colour. I find it, I'm just too stingy, to be honest. I want to see the dots and dashes. I know that a few years ago I was downloading patterns that only had hard lines that were all different colours. When I printed, I got all black lines or shades of grey. So it's good to see redundant cues in the form of colours, dots and dashes. And I really like to see the sizes also tucked onto those lines as well, because that really helps me. Although my most favourite patterns to download are the ones that use layers because then I just download my size or I have to often grade between my top and my bottom halves. I have to go down for the bottom, unlike most people because I'm not a proper shape. I might go down two or three whole sizes from my top, which is quite big, to my bottom half, which is not. But with layers, I can just print two layers, the size for my top, the size for my bottom. And it means much easier for me to follow the pattern lines. The other thing about colour is, of course, people are colourblind. That's right. I think it's 10% of men are red and green colourblind. Quite a few women are blue and yellow colourblind. So we need to, designers probably, need to think about colorblindness in their the people that are buying their patterns and also rather alarmingly over 70 years of age the lenses in our eyes begin to yellow and it means that we can't see blue as easily or we can't distinguish blues and greens and purples that's another thing to think about if your customer base is on the older side, and we hope they are. Colour is an important thing to think about and the way we use colour. About 5% of the population has a disabling hearing loss. That's according to the World Health Authority stats. 
So again, when we use video and reels on Instagram, people may not be able to hear what you're saying. So, you know, should we be thinking about using subtitles? I just think it's easier to not use the reels or the videos myself. But, you know, maybe we should be thinking about subtitles. And again, for those designers, those wonderful designers who make us videos on how to make their garments, yeah, they need to think about sound and will their audience be able to hear this easily without the use of subtitles. Hearing is quite an, an interesting one to think about. And we don't think about this in terms of our sewing. I notice lots of people are using alt tags on their Instagram and I feel very bad because I ought to and I don't. I do alt tag some of my blog posts yep. if I get to it. And people ask me, well, why would you alt tag it? Because if you can't see, surely you wouldn't be using Instagram. But in fact, there are people with lower vision who find the alt tags really useful. And I think you've had people on to talk about this before. I seem to recall this conversation. So I won't belabor that one. I also, thinking about designers, and, you know, I've read hundreds of sets of instructions. Actually, this came to me when I was watching the latest episode of The Great British Sewing Bee and probably earlier episodes where people fail to follow the instructions. And you think why are they not following the instructions? And you wonder if they have dyslexia Mm -hmm. or uh, they're just like me who don't like to follow instructions. But again, this is something designers should think about and again, build lots of redundancies into their instructions. So photos or drawings, instructions in logical essential steps, I like it when they give me the 15 steps all in a row and I can just follow those. But for other people, they might need the pictures or the photographs. Exactly. Lots of different ways presenting the same information is really useful for people who struggle to follow instructions for whatever reason. And as I say, I probably wouldn't have raised this except having watched the Great British Sewing Bee and people just kind of completely misinterpreting all their instructions. And you think, are they poorly written? I don't know. Yeah, or are they struggling with the time to get the garment done? That too, absolutely. But I think there are people who genuinely struggle you can see them trying to read the instructions and you think, well, you know, are they just not giving them several ways of looking at them? Cognitive difficulties or differences are quite a murky area really, but about one in 10 people have some form of dyslexia, which is quite amazingly high. Mm. Runs right through my family and I have it too. So I do know what I'm talking about with dyslexia. But mine isn't a reading or spelling problem. Mine is I'm just really clumsy. So dyslexia comes in many, many forms. I've got a son who doesn't have a dominant eye and that brings all its own issues. Quite interesting too. I know that when I was talking to friends about the Great British Sewing Bee and 
you know, people who can't follow instructions and they go, well, aren't you dumb or something? And I have to say, if you, if they have dyslexia, they are above average intelligence. You know, they could in fact be smarter than the person that was asking that, in, that question. So it's nothing to do with intelligence. It is all to do with many other factors. So I think there's some things to look for. Redundant cues, colour, shapes or dots, dashes, whatever. Sizes written on the things. If they can, layer the patterns. And it saves ink, so it's much more socially acceptable. Think about colour blindness. Think about ageing customers for the designers and the fact that we're experiencing this yellowing of the lenses. Hearing loss, low vision. There's the whole, um, we've got that lovely movement shown sewn seated. Yes. And I know you've talked about this before, but we are seeing designers who are designing for people in a wheelchair. And I know with my own mother, she needed more fabric at the back and less at the front. Exactly. That's really nice to see that people are beginning to think about that. I was just going to say that for any listeners who don't, in fact, want to read, because, I mean, they just might be perfectly capable of reading but might want to listen to the instructions, you can use a Google setting that will read the instructions out to you. I don't know if you'd be interested in me talking about that. Oh, yes, please, because sometimes I just don't want to read. I just want to get on with it. Absolutely. And sometimes you don't want to stop to read. Yes. It is possible. It's called text-to-speech and Google provides this information for websites. If you Alt-Shift-S, you'll get settings. All right. Yep. And at the bottom of settings, you can select advanced. Right. So settings, go to your settings, go to advanced. In the accessibility section, and if you've never explored that, it's definitely worth looking at, Mm -hmm. you can select manage accessibility features. Yep. And then under text-to-speech, you turn on enable text-to-speech. And really what it does is it should read for you, read the instructions. Listeners, if the patent PDF you have has been set up so that it's web accessible and header styles are applied, then this is getting a bit technical, you can choose the read aloud option and the text will be read to you in a way that you can actually follow it while you're sewing. That feature would be great because it would almost feel like you've got someone working with you. So you're not just in your room on your own. Someone's reading out the instructions to you. You can hit the pause button. If you're trying to, you know, go to the machine, sew something, and then you come back, usually a space bar is the pause button. Hit the space bar again, and you can carry on listening to the instruction. It's definitely worth testing for people who want to try something different apart from everything else and don't want to invest in an expensive text-to-speech reader. It's just good to know that our software has all these built-in features that most people have never even thought about. Yeah, so I think that's a really good way of it will feel like someone is there with you reading out the instructions and Yeah, sorry, I'd end up having a chat to my computer while it's reading out to me. (laughs) 
Absolutely. The ones I've tested, you can choose voice because they don't have to be a machine-generated voice as such, like a robot. I think you can choose like a female or a male. But yes, it's definitely worth playing. Really, I would suggest to everyone that they just don't take their technology at face value. Have a play, see what it will do for you. And that's one of the things that it will do. And I think I've run out of steam, Maria. Sue, that's such a lot that you've gone and put together and very well thought out. And I'm actually quite excited to try a few of those myself. Yes, it's good to know that there are built-in ones. One thing that I'd like to leave listeners with is if anyone out there knows of other ways that you can use technology to make sewing more accessible, please direct message me on the Sew Organized Style Instagram account or my Velo Sews, or even just go straight to Sue because she'll be able to pull it together so that we can actually give you something back of value. Wouldn't it be nice to have a, like a strand, like we've had the, um, the repairing you know, strand. It would be good to have a strand on accessibility where people can come and contribute and say, I have this problem, issue, whatever. This is how I overcome it. Mm. Um, or I know somebody or my mother or my child, whatever, this is how I overcome it. So that you build up a little library of interviews with people talking about improving the accessibility because it's an important part of our sewing journey. And it makes everyone's sewing practice an easier journey. And more rewarding. More rewarding. And fun. Uh, Look, there'll be people out there because I've heard them on on your podcast, who've got masses to offer and you could take those podcasts and keep adding to them. I've talked more about technology because that's my thing, if you like, and I suppose I felt that there might have been a bit of a gap with some of the things that you've had on in the past. That's all I was trying to do was fill a gap. So I'm really pleased that you put some thought into what else the podcast can offer listeners mm. to make sewing more enjoyable and achievable. And also as everyone uses instructions or uses their technology to think about how could this be made better for me? You know, I know that people are using projectors to put their patterns onto the fabric And that's such a wonderful initiative. But, you know, all the different ways in which we can use technology to make life better. And it comes about by everyone thinking, well, wouldn't it be better if that designer just did this? And you tell that designer and they go, oh, didn't even think about it. And they probably didn't because they're focused on what it is that they're doing. And just that one bit of information that you give them can make a whole lot of difference to everyone that buys their pattern. Yep. I have to tell you a completely irrelevant story, but it brought it home to me. About 25 years ago, it would have been a long time ago, as we were just absorbing technology into our business life. I worked in a university and so, you know, every technology company comes along and wants to flog you their technology. And they had this incredibly expensive piece of technology and they used a thing called the traffic light system. So it was like an enterprise-wide system for Mm -hmm. the whole university, traffic light system. 
red, amber, green, but that was it. They had the red, amber, green and no redundant cues. And we couldn't understand why it kept going wrong. Things kept failing. Things weren't being uploaded properly. We didn't pick up problems. And I had to teach this technology. And it wasn't till one of my students said, I'm colorblind. I can't see the traffic lights. That it sent me down a huge rabbit hole of thinking about individual differences and what we do to people. And I actually made a series of videos where I interviewed people who were colorblind and looked at the impact of that colorblindness on their life and how they managed. So I started this journey a long time ago, caused by a piece of extremely expensive, poorly designed technology. Your previous experience about colour has helped develop this podcast. Oh, yes, that's probably true. Right? Because it is in the back of my mind all the time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. So there we go. Sue, thanks for putting together all of those pieces of information to fill the gap of how sewing can be more accessible to our listeners. My pleasure, Maria. I did enjoy it, I have to say. Looking at the World Health Organization stats, and yes, it was fun. Thank you for having me, Maria. You're welcome, Sue. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Sew Organised Style Podcast for Sober 50 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Sue Stoney, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Sew Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If this is your first podcast, make sure you go back and listen to our Sober 50 archive and catch up on this series. There are over 90 So Over 50 podcasts that are free to listen to. There's actually more than 260 in the So Organised Style podcast episode library. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at So Organised Style or on our website at www.soorganisedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.